when I feel that I am on a very special horse that wants to develop himself and wants to learn and want to achieve goals, that gives me a lot of pleasure. Welcome to the Charles Owen Podcast. Charles Owen has been manufacturing high-performance, stylish riding helmets since 1911. And to celebrate its 110th birthday, we are interviewing a range of riders, from the biggest names in equestrian sport to up-and-coming superstars. In these exclusive interviews, they reveal their highs and lows and share their secret to success in this challenging sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Harry, welcome to the Charles Owen podcast. Thank you very much, Charlotte. So an email popped into my inbox yesterday saying that the Global Champions League teams have been revealed for 2021, which is very exciting. How do you feel about this season? Yeah, uh, we definitely hope that the season can start um, with with all the corona issues we had. Um, It seems like uh, Doha will take off and hopefully in the summer season we, we can follow up with the next year's. You've had a lot of success on the Global Champions Tour, haven't you? In 2017, you not only won the Tour, you were also on the winning team. Yeah, 2017 was was probably my my best year of my career. Um, That turned out in uh, being number one in 2018. uh, But that was more reflecting of my year of 2017. With, uh, like you said, the overall winning of the Global Champions Tour. We were winning the Global Champions League. Uh, I was second in the Europeans. Um, so that year was amazing and we had all the success you could wish. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing year, wasn't it? And on top of all that, you also helped the Netherlands win the Nations Cup final in Barcelona, didn't you? Yeah, um, I must say that year, everything, uh, all, the, all the Nations Cups, uh, I did double clear. Um, then we went to the final, I had to go clear in the half final to make it to the final. And then in the final as last rider with Don VHP, he was amazing all year long and, uh, and we brought a victory to the Dutch. Now you made your Olympic debut at Rio in 2016, yeah. followed by this incredible year that you had in 2017 and then world number one in 2018. It felt like it was a real turning point in your career. Did that feel for you? Was there something that happened? Was there particular horses? Or what was the reason for that sudden huge change in fortune? Yeah, I, I won't say that it is a turning point in my career. I think uh, we've been already over 20 years in the top 25 of the world. I was already in the top 10 uh, in 2009, but I was working always for a dealing stable. So we were selling our best horses. We had to find new ones and uh, make them, develop them and go back to the top again. But we never were really far away over more than 10 years already in the, in the top of the world. The only thing that I think in 2016 and 17 changed a bit was that I had Emerald and Don. Uh, Emerald was a stallion we had already from a six-year-old, but he was producing uh, as a stallion so much that we didn't have to sell him, so we could keep him and then I got from the family culture from Copernicus, uh, Don VHP to ride. And then those two amazing horses together. And they were out of the same stallion, right? Yeah, they were both from DMR. I think that was probably the turning point that I had the first time in my career. I had four or five top horses for a five-star level. 
you not only became world champion, you maintained that position for eight months in 2018, which is really quite remarkable. That's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of shows. How hard was it for you to maintain that position? I, I never lo really looked to the rankings. Uh, um, I always tried to uh, create circumstances and being my horses in a good shape, good training programs, uh, and then the points will come. I, I was never obsessed with, uh, with rankings. Um, so my horses always had two months off a year. That's how we, we made it uh, to the top. I think also what was for me a very nice and important measurement was at the moment I got number one of the world, my horses were not squeezed out, but I had the best month uh, of my entire career. I, I was winning the global in uh, in Hamburg. I jumped double clear in La Bolle. I jumped double clear in Rome. I was winning the small Grand Prix. I mean, points-wise, at the moment I was number one. I had the best month ever. Obviously, with COVID, there's been a lot less competition going on, a lot less traveling. And I've read that you've quite enjoyed that. You've enjoyed the quieter side of life. Yeah, the last few years, I think, was extremely busy for me. We did like uh, over 45, uh, between 45 and 50 shows a year. I was training. I, I, I had multiple students at that time because yeah, I, you worked so hard for that for 20 years to come in that situation. And then you also must take the advantages uh, that comes with it. Um, I had the best string of my career, like we said. Um, I had students that were very good, um, that want to also reach something and had goals and want to reach something in the sport. So I worked very hard for that. And in the meantime, on those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had to find horses, I had to develop horses, I had to try horses. So it was extremely busy for multiple years in a row. And, uh, when Corona came, then I could step back a little bit. Okay, Corona is not a good thing, but if, if there was one thing for me that, that helped me that time was, I think, for physically, uh, it was a good break for me. Do you think it will change the way you, you work moving forward? It's hard to say. Uh, we still work every day again to create new circumstances, like we said, with the, with the right string of horses. Uh, I have some new horses coming up with, with Nixon and Escape. I still have a few older horses now for the sport. Like if you get the chances where you always worked hard for, uh, you need to take them. Sure. And you, cause you've got two children, is that right? You've got two boys? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. How uh, old are they? Nine and 11. Okay. Uh, Pim and Sip, they are called. Yeah, I must say I, I really enjoy them. The time we have been together now, um, also with the lockdown at the moment, uh, uh, you help them a little bit with school stuff. And, sure. Uh, you see way more sides of your children than I did before. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that is one of the one of the benefits. Very few benefits about COVID is is more family time. Do they ride? My, my youngest son is riding. I, I don't know if he really get into this business, but uh, he, he seems to enjoy it very much. And also a little bit the atmosphere and from the horse world, I think he will, he's enjoying that. I've read that you have quite a, not when say strict is the right word, but you have a definite system in place when getting to know a new horse. You really take your time when getting to know a new horse. And it's really important. Can you sort of tell me a little bit about the system that you have for for new horses coming onto the yard? Normally, I, I take the first three months to, to work on the physics. 
like basic basic conditions or basic stuff um, how to move from for your leg how to uh, make them obedience um, physically that they have uh, uh, like all what it comes together to just the basic stuff um, but I think the I cannot go too fast with some horses I feel how much work they can uh, I also give them the time to um, uh, to handle the work mm. uh, because you cannot do too much at the in the beginning at the same time and normally that takes like three months and then uh, we go to the next step we, we we start to jump a bit more we we go to the shows we get input from that depends also about the age but then you then you're gonna try to find the right bit uh, then you uh, learn to uh, to know the ins and outs better the character how you get uh, him the best prepares for the class how the program is gonna look like at the shows um, how to warm up that's all the next steps sure and have you got any particular horses at the moment that you're sort of up and coming horses you're excited about yeah like i said i have an eight-year-old horse uh, stallion it's called nixon and i have uh, a nine-year-old horse that's escape i have a few more young ones that are coming up but those are uh, very promising and potential for five-star level Harry, we've got some questions here that what we do is we, we put questions out to Charles Owen fans yeah. on Instagram and we've got some questions that have come through from them so I'm going to put them through now. So, um, Vendela Mark wants to know, when did you start riding? I started riding when I was uh, eight years old and it was mainly because my sister is two years older, she was riding already um, and for her first pony she... She, 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 she got a, a, a bigger pony and then my, my parents said, okay, then we need to sell her first pony. And somehow uh, something in me said, okay, no, 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 we don't sell it. I'm going to start riding now. Hmm. Yeah. So you spoke about your parents' farm. So did you, you grew up on a farm. So was it your parents, were, I assume, were riding? Yeah, my father was riding on an amateur base. Um, we, we had an agriculture farm and that's how we got a little bit in touch with the horses. Uh, we all, he always had horses for a hobby and um, that's how we started. You weren't keen on jumping at first, were you? No, I was playing soccer by the time and uh, I, I was a bit afraid of jumping actually. Um, um, I remember uh, the first few years they, they had to dig the pole into the ground, otherwise I was not going over it. <laughs> um, but then at some point uh, I was over that fear and then I had the feeling of jumping and, the, and then nobody could stop me anymore So did you know when, when, you, when you got bitten by the jumping bug did you then think right this is what I want to do for my career did that come later? Ah, that came actually way later uh, because I was still playing soccer I enjoyed it I always liked sports a lot, uh, but I was still in school and I, and I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Some people gave me already horses by that time or ponies to ride for them, like a kind of a small owners I had already. Mm -hmm. So it, it all looked promising, but if I could really make a living for me, I, I didn't know. And then after my middle school, my, my father gave me, uh, we heard of an opportunity by Johan Heinz. Like he was that time the chef de keep of 
of the Dutch. And my father gave me the advice uh, to go there and see for three months if I would really like to do this as a profession. Okay. And uh, I would decide after those three months if I would turn back to school or kept riding and I, I chose to keep riding. Mm-hmm. What were you like at school? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I think I was a, quite a good student for things that were interesting me. But for things that didn't interest me, I was not, a, not, not, not the best example of a student. <laughs> so, yes, easily distracted, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Caroline Zeeb and Harry Griffith, 503, both asked what, were your, what were your first horse. Now, you said that it was your sister's pony, wasn't it, that you took yeah. over, first of all? Yeah, yeah, it was called Smurf. And he was unbelievable, brave pony. I, I, he gave me so much confidence. Hmm. Um, and I, I, if I look back at my riding career, I think that is very, very important that your first pony is give you all the confidence, uh, never runs away, uh, never scared me. Uh, even when I was falling off, he would stop next to me and... And help me back up and almost literally put me back on. <laughs> That's very, very sweet. So that was your first pony. What would you say? What was your first, you know, you met, when you made a transition to horses, what was your first horse, the first horse that you really sort of put you on the path to success, do you think? Yeah, I, I must say I, I was, a, in that way, I was a very late bloomer. Um, I think if I look now to those younger people, uh, they have already so much information at a younger age, but I didn't come from a professional background, horse background. So I was already in my 20s before I started jumping higher than 130s. So if you look back to that today, uh, you cannot imagine that anymore. And throughout my career, I had to have my own experiences. I have to figure out everything myself in that way. So that's probably why I'm also later in my career successful. So did did you have a trainer when you were younger? Yeah, we we had like local trainers, and uh, and my father was a little bit uh, gave me a hand. Uh, but then when I was eighteen, I went like I said to uh, to Johan Heinz after the middle yeah. school. Um, I worked for him four years and he was every day there for me. He gave me the right basics, I think. Um, that's still, still every day, uh, it serves me. Do you have uh, a trainer now? Um, no, I don't really have a trainer now. But if I have a problem or an issue that I cannot solve, I will find with somebody that I think who can help me with that. So uh, like, who would you go to? Yeah, it depends on what the problem is, depends on what I feel. Um, and then I will find the right solution. And So you quite you sound very methodical. Yeah, especially, okay, uh, like, like I said, I did four years with him. And then afterwards, I think, uh, after that, I think I had a very good basic system. But then I also went to all kind of trainers in the world and I had like, three, four, five lessons from different people that were on top of the game because I wanted to know all different styles. Mm. I wanted to learn the American style or the American 
philosophy. I wanted to learn the German philosophy. I wanted to know the South American philosophy. I wanted to know everything, all the information that was out so there. Who who are you going to? Are they names that we would know? These tra- these top trainers you were going to. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely you know them. Uh, I, I I was a few lessons with Nelson Pessoa, with Frank wow, Slotak, with uh, George Morris, wow. with. Uh, yeah, you can all name them. And then besides that, I think I was always watching at that time the best people in my sport. Mm. Um, what they're doing, how they come out of the ring, how they prepare at the paddock. What do they say when I, when they come out? So I mm. also stole a lot with my ears and my eyes. Mm. Um, I watched videos. I, I very in details. And I, I, that's how I think... Uh, how I stepped up every time. Wow, that's fantastic. I, love, I mean, it's, yes, I, unbelievably methodical and you sound very ambitious. Yeah, because uh, I, I wanted to to take everything out of my career what was possible. And like I said, I think I'm a very good student in something that's interesting me and I mm. always wanted to be better. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still of today. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still watching. Uh, and that I think it's the same with the horses. Uh, uh, horses, it's very important if they have one skill, if they want to get better. They don't need to be the biggest talents or the most promising uh, horses in the world. They, they, they must have another ability and that's if they want to improve themselves. That's, I think, way more important. And who would you watch now? Like, watch which riders? If you're at an event and someone's in the ring, are there a particular rider you would go out of your way to watch or in the warm-up? It's not a particular rider. I mean, uh, there are more examples of, of good horsemanship. I never try to copy somebody. Um, even if I get a new horse, I see all the ins and outs from what the rider did before. But then I go more from my feeling to my system and I create a new relationship with the horse. Sure. Because that always turned out the best for myself. I, sure. I, I cannot copy somebody else's system or somebody uh, uh, somebody else's relationship with the horse how we communicate sure. so I need to reset that and that's why I, I just said I need at least three months for that and then I will go into the details sure Marsden.emily wants to know what is your biggest goal for this year Tokyo will happen that will, would be my, my biggest goal um, like you said I, I, I made my Olympic debut in, in Rio um, I think like an Olympics you cannot compare with any other championship it gets so much more media also it's way more attractive for people outside our sport um, and to re- re- represent your country and at the Olympics it's a, it's an amazing feeling sure and other than the Olympics Maddie underscore Jackson 11 wants to know what is your favorite event we have so many good events uh, in the past years in our sport um, definitely I think we, we need to mention uh, Aachen of course uh, Calgary mm-hmm. but if I see like the the Nations Cup final in Barcelona is also always a highlight of the year for me mm. um, but probably the Olympics that are that is the main goal what was it like at the Rio Olympics? Was it as good as you anticipated? Yeah, yeah. Apart from we were, we, I was missing the gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But the yeah. actual experience. No, the experience was amazing. Uh, um, I had students myself in 
in Athens Olympics, in Hong Kong Olympics, in, in London Olympics, but I never was participating one in my, myself. Um, but it gives you a very, very special feeling. You spoke a lot about your horses, about the system you've got. And Sophie Schwark Mussen, if I'm hoping I pronounced that correct, would like to, wants to know what do you look for in a young horse? Um, of course, you, you, when you try a young horse, you want to see a little bit what his abilities are. Um, so you're testing a little bit how much scope, how much, uh, uh, how careful, how what is his rideability. Um, but I think the main thing, what I just try is what what is under the hood. So what is inside his character that you try to test, because all the abilities is is one thing, but it's way harder to to find out what is inside the horse. Does he want to get better? How much of a fighter is he? What is he gonna do if he gets in? In difficult situations, that is as a young horse very difficult to test and to feel, and that's why it's still so interesting. I think our sport, how horses can develop and can make it to the top level that you never expected them to be there. How do you go about creating a partnership with your horse? Do you sort of how hands-on are you with the horses on the yard? Are you? I assume you ride them every day. I mean, because it's all that it's that relationship, isn't it? It's, it's the relationship you have at home behind the scenes that then creates the relationship in the ring, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, of course it depends from horses and personalities and stallions and mares. Uh, uh, they often want to be treated different. You, you have horses where you have to be the real leader. You have mm. the horses where you have to be guiding them. Uh, and there are horses that you have to tap on their shoulder and say, tell them all the time how good they are uh, to give <laughs> them enough confidence and courage. And some horses, they think they are the best horses in the world. And you have to tell them probably you're not as good as you are. Show it to me. So that's a way of way different uh, ways of uh, get communication with your horse. But at the end, it's, it's, it's important for every horse to put them in a comfortable position to create their uh, and to show their and express their abilities and, and, and their qualities. Sure. You've spoken quite a bit about playing football. I know you're a real football fanatic. And we have these questions that we ask all our riders. When are you happiest? I must say, uh, probably I'm the happiest when I'm on the horse. And it, it doesn't matter the age, but when I feel that I am on a very special horse that wants to develop himself and wants to learn and want to achieve goals, as well as I have students that have goals and want to reach something in the sport, uh, that gives me a lot of pleasure. Um, we are coming to the end now. We're gonna. I have got, in fact, my last question. What do you wish you'd known ten years ago? How are you? Are you thirty nine, Harry? Uh, forty already. Yeah. Oh, 40. The yeah. big four zero. Yeah. Um. So, what, what might you have said to your thirty year old self? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, like we said, I think my career is uh, that I'm a little bit a late bloomer because I was had to figure out everything myself, and that's why I think our sport will. If it develops as fast as in the last 10 years, uh, our sport will make a huge step forward. And I think the, the top level of a rider will go younger and younger. You think? Uh, I think you see that in, in, in all kinds of sports, the way at the moment the sports get more and more professional. Young people get easier and earlier getting access to all the information. So will, they will also get the better horses and sponsors or owners at a younger age. 
the age will be between 25 and 40. But then with the whole thing with horses, experience is so important, isn't it? I mean, you've still got so many riders in their 50s. You know, John Whitaker, 60. You know, I interviewed BZ Madden last week, 57. Yeah. Because experience is so important. Yeah, definitely. That There will always be exceptions. I must. I really admire John Whitaker and, and, and BZ Madden also. The horsemanship they show... Um, it's incredible to watch and mm. if you were mentioning before those are the riders that I always watched my whole career but they, but they are in generally they are the exceptions in, a, in our sport sure um, but, but that's what I think that's going to happen in, in, in the next 10 or 15 years but, okay, but you still had, didn't say what, what would you say to yourself 10 years ago I, I don't know if I would do it in a different way if I had mm. to do it again I think I, I can face myself and in the mirror. Um, I always say, if you if you want to be horse in your own stable, I think you do a, you quite manage to do a good job. So you're kind of treating the horses as you'd like to be treated yourself. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Okay. Okay. That, that's a very good principle to live by. Harry, thank you for your time. I do really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Charlotte.